Today is Friday, and you've reached the Kelly Wendland Vodcast. On today's Vodcast, we talk with Jennifer Metternock. Coming up next. And we are live with Jen Metternock. How are you this afternoon, Jen? I am doing fantastic, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. And do you go by Jen or Jenny or Jennifer or what's your preferred? Well, the preferred came to me from my mom the first day I stepped on my school bus going to kindergarten. And she told me, she said, Jen, Jennifer, when you go to school, your name is Jen or Jennifer, never Jenny. So my entire life, I've been Jen or Jennifer. And I was mostly Jennifer growing up. And then I got into the corporate world and you'd go to events and there'd be these name tags you'd have to wear. And Jennifer just took too long to write. And so I just wrote (laughs) Jen. So my professional career, I'm Jen, but Jennifer to my friends who know me from a long time ago. Yeah. And your mother, if you're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm in trouble, it's Jennifer Ann. Oh, good. Throw that. You got to toss the middle name. Yeah. It's important to have the middle name in there. Yeah. Good. Good. So you you are vice president of mergers and acquisitions during your daytime job. You're an advocate in coach for um, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and women's advancement of women. How, how did you how did you come into that? What you know? How did you get to where you are today with what you do? Yeah. So on the one side, my professional career. Um, I've always done work that's about transformation and change. It just, I kind of fell into it doing project management. There's always key projects and strategies and work that had to get done. And I just seemed to have a knack for it and also a passion. Um, I love taking something to the next level. Uh, and so transformation work is what I've always done. So currently, yes, I'm vice president of mergers acquisitions at Thomson Reuters um, and helping spin up a separation management office and helping with all our divestitures that are going on. So uh, just a fascinating world. And again, part of transformation and change that were happening there. For the past 30 years, though, my heart has always been with supporting women and empowering women. And I think a lot of that came to me from some early experiences where I realized in my youth, I was a little spitfire, um, had opinions, had a strong voice, had a presence. And then as I got older and started doing more corporate work in the world, uh, that was really diminishing. And my voice was getting extinguished. And I had times when I felt invisible and that I couldn't make a difference. And I had to stop myself a few times um, after after having some moments where I would literally have people tell me to shut up or I wouldn't get invited to meetings um, or I would offer up an idea and it was then taken by someone else in the room and said and acknowledged and off they go, you know, and I kind of sat there going, what what just happened? <laughs> Like, I just said the same thing. And what happened? So I'm like, if this is happening to me, is this happening to other women? And so I just kind of lifted my head out of my little world and looked around. And yeah, it was. And I'm like, you know, I want to give back. You know, I I, I want to create, you know, a 
places and communities and support for women where it's like, we got power, you know, and we have a voice and we have opinions. We have great ideas and a different way of thinking. How can we make sure we don't lose that in the moments of this life that's windy and crazy? It's not a straight road, but how can we in those moments remember who we are, the voice that we have, the presence that we have, and how important that power is in times of change? of our life, personal or work. So I have given back. I have mentored for 20 years my alma mater, Gustavus Adolphus College. Um, Every October, I'm excited to get assigned a new junior or senior um, girl that is just full of life and excitement. Um, And then after that one year, sticking with them for a while and just being. And then every company I've worked with, Kelly, I have been a part of their business resource group or employee resource group or affinity group, whatever you want to call it. And I've just always been a part of that. Um, Giving back, um, finding programs and designing programs, speaking and being part of mentoring circles. Um, I also do it out in the community um, for nonprofits too. So it's just a passion I have um, saying, hey, women, like we got this you know, and let's have each other's back and and keep taking ourselves and the unprecedented change that we in the world have around us right now, like we can have an impact with that. So that's my heart. Yeah. And that's my expertise. So you look at, uh, you know, around the, around the globe, you know, uh, how women are treated in business and they, they try to rank these kind of things and the Scandinavian countries do very well. Um, and there's some other countries in the U S is, you know, probably more towards the middle. Hmm. Um, but, but when, when I look around town, there's a lot of emphasis in the fortune 500 or 1000 companies, at least for the advancement of women, for empowering women. And that's been over the last 20 or 30 years. Do you, do you feel like there is still a dis, do women still need to to be mentored? Is it still a thing out there that women are being overlooked uh, when they're equal, or, or how much progress has been made? Yeah, I would I would say we there's progress that's been made, Kelly, but more has to um, be paid attention in that area. So um, there there's a report that comes out every year, and it's been uh, they've been doing it since 2015. McKenzie Company partners with Lean In. And that organization, and they do a women in workplace report. And in the 2022 report that came out, they found that women still want opportunities and flexibility and well-being. And they do want to be a part of that DEI, that diversity, equity, and inclusion. Basically, what all of that, let's just wrap that up in one thing. They want a better culture. They want a better culture. And culture, in my experience, is how we show up every day at work together. How we show up. So opportunities for the for the women that I've met over, over my decades, it's not always career advancement. For some, it is. But for others, it's an opportunity to, um, to contribute, to make something better. Um, to get creative. They may not want advancement. They may be super happy with what they're doing and absolutely love their role, but they want to make sure there's opportunities where they're heard and they can take something to the next level. Flexibility, you know, COVID and this hybrid working that we're all trying to figure out right now. Um, You know, women, we just want some flexibility with it. Um, And and then taking care of ourselves and our family and our well-being. So for me, Kelly, it comes down to the, the culture piece. 
And I think oftentimes with these DEI and um, programs about women in development and stuff, we think we have to wait for an executive approval or we have to wait for a program to get set up or we have to wait for it to get tied to a strategy. And all that is really important. And um, for some people, it's just like kind of nice posters on the wall (laughs) or nice things to say we're doing this. But in my experience, the most powerful change of the culture comes from organicness. So it's the women, it's the individuals, it's us making a difference. Um, So here's an example for you. There was a team I was working with and we realized we had to make decisions faster. Like we had to, like time was shifting, we had to make decisions faster and go. And we were in an organization where things had to get approved and approved and approved and approved. And there was like 10 meetings of approval, which took over a month to get on people's calendars to get decisions approved so we can make something better. And we, I came into this crew and I'm like, let's just make the decision. Like, let's just make it. So again, there are these small little moments of changing a culture that you can do with the team and you can do on a project and do with other women and other people and be collaborative. You don't have to wait for something big. So I think sometimes we think culture change is this huge, like organization mammoth thing that has to happen. And in my experience for women to contribute and make change, it can be small and incremental and powerful. Huh, that's really interesting. And so I, cause I always say, if you want to see an idea killed, put it in a committee. Um, mm-hmm. So how, how do you work with, you know, so are you working with individual women with these kind of issues and saying, hey, start small or, or just start making decisions and, and kind of radiate what the culture should be yep. from, from what is that? Is that kind of conceptually what you're doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And every, every woman is unique. So I always meet them where they are. So there was a woman I was talking with yesterday and two years ago we were, we were in a mentoring relationship and she was just stuck. Um, I mean, she loved her job, but she didn't love it every day, you know, and she just didn't have that passion. And she really, and I said, well, what do you want? She goes, I just want to have joy again. I just want to feel joyful in what I do every day. And I'm like, all right, number step one, awareness, right? Let's, let's be aware of how you're feeling and what needs to change with that. And then we just create a plan together. It's like, all right, let's start small. What would that look like? Who do you need to talk to? Um, I'm a big, big fan of um, seeing the world as abundant and women supporting women. So I often link other women with other women, you know, and I'm like, here's another amazing person you need to meet. She's not at this company, but I know her from your, you know, and you just connect, you connect women with women and just be open and curious and help them take that, you know, to the level that they want to. And Keila, who I talked to yesterday, um, I connected her with a couple different women and I hadn't talked to her in a few months and she was able to shift her job where she's like, Jen, I am more joyful. I got rid of X part of my job and I kept Y part of my job. And that was because I became aware. And then I talked to my leader about what I wanted. And it basically comes down to this, don't wait, 
Don't wait for someone to figure out, you know, what you need to do. You know what you need to do, but you have to take that time to just, number one, be aware. And sometimes that self-reflection can be a little challenging and you need a little bit of help of someone just listening to you and saying, Here, here's what I hear you saying. You're just not happy, right? I'm not happy. You want some joy back in your life. Yeah, I want some joy back in my life. So what parts of your job do you love and which parts of the job do you, do you want to let go of? And she created a plan, presented it. And two months later, she has a new role and she is as joyful as I've seen her in two years, but she made it happen. So there's this piece for me, Kelly, where it's like, why wait? No one else is going to create your future for you. No one else is going to create your joy. You know, you can. Yeah. And there's nothing better than sitting back and just hearing these stories, you know, of women that, you know, were in a point of uncertainty or not being clear or feeling lost or stuck and helping them realize, no, you got this and you know what to do. Let's just take some time and figure it out. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, in a lot of ways, what you're describing is a, is a, a process of self-awareness and then self-empowerment and then self-motivation to, mm-hmm. to not only lay out what you're looking for as a person, but how you're going to try to create a culture around you that is more friendly towards what's important to you and what's going to be supportive to to the women around you or the people around you, uh, which I think is really a fantastic way to view that. It's a very, you know, ultimately it's a lot about you. And I would assume there's also that element of making sure you have good leaders or people around that are accepting of, of what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And, and to not be afraid to tell people what you're trying to accomplish, like don't keep that little secret to yourself or in your head share it, like share it and talk about it. You know, here is where I'm stuck or here's how I'm feeling. And this is what I'm thinking. And what do you think, you know, and, and invite other thoughts and ideas because you never know where another idea or something could, could come into your head. And you're like, "Ah, I didn't think about that. You know, where those aha moments can be so wonderfully unexpected. You think you have a plan in place and you think this is the next step I want to take, but just by being open and curious and talking to different people about what they've gone through or where you're at and say, what do you, what do you, what do you think about what I just said, you know, and get their perspective, amazing stuff can happen. You know, um, very interesting in, in, it sounds like the networking and support part is a big piece of what you talk about. I'm curious, as as a man, I have leaders that I look up to in business. Um, you know the the Richard Bransons of the world, the Warren mm. Buffetts, the the Bill Gateses of the world. Um, as a as a woman, do you have you know do you look up to the Mary Berries of GM or the Karen Lynches? Do you, do you have a group of women that you know? Like I, I wasn't really even aware of it until you and I were about to have this conversation. I said, you know, I, I really only, I'm paying attention to men, mm-hmm. and I, I had never really done the anal- self analysis of it. But I'm assuming maybe it is because I'm a man, and you know, I see, I want to see parts of myself and them, and and learn from the best. Do you do you do that same thing with with executive women around you or not? You know, um, yes and no. What a great question. Um, I'll, I'll tell you who comes to mind right now. And it, it's not like I follow them or seek them out. It's, it's kind of these moments of 
ignition. Like I may read something about it and away I go. So (laughs) I go back to my youth, Oprah, like Oprah Winfrey, like amazing, amazing life that woman has led. And so inspirational. Um, Melinda Gates, inspirational. Um, what, what she and Bill with their foundations are, are doing out in the world. Um, Brene Brown, the, the last couple of years, her really taking a platform of vulnerability and courage and, and saying like, wear that openly, wear that on your sleeve, um, be vulnerable because people will be pulled to that. Um, and then there's people like my mom. There's people like um, Glenda Crisp, who is a VP of data analytics that I currently work with, who I just, she is just smart beyond belief. And I'm just always wowed by listeners. So I am surprised every day by the women that inspire me. And um, I'm going this afternoon, as a matter of fact, to a closing ceremony of a mentoring program we've done with a nonprofit in town called um, Brittany's Place. And they um, support young girls coming out of human trafficking here in Minnesota. And I have been blessed to mentor one of the women that lead that program. And we have our closing ceremony this afternoon. And Michelle, who has been my mentee, I have learned more from her in the last six months than I have learned from uh, anyone in a, in a long, long time. Um, we come from different worlds. We come from different backgrounds. We come from different experiences, all of that. But um, I have learned from her and she inspires me. And a year ago, I wouldn't have known that, that Michelle Hall, I look up to. So <laughs> it, it's not necessarily the, 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 there's the Oprah's and the Brené Brown's and Melinda Gates. And then I have my mom and my friends and, and Michelle. And, and these other amazing women that um, just come in and out of my life uh, who inspire me. And they inspire me, Kelly, because they are who they are and they're imperfect, but they're powerful. And that's what I'm attracted to. I'm attracted to imperfect and powerful because that's in every single one of us. Yeah, that's great. Um, and, and you said that was Brittany's place. Is that the yeah, name of the charity? Brittany's- Yep, it's called Brittany's Place. Um, the Brittany's Place is located in many, uh, in St. Paul, and um, they're part of a uh, nonprofit community called 180 Communities, and uh, they just do really amazing work for um, for men and women who are coming out of disadvantaged situations. Um, so, yeah, I get to spend some time this afternoon with them. That sounds like an absolutely fantastic uh, charity or organization. So I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that. Hopefully, our our listeners can take a look at that online and decide if they want to donate to something like that. That'd be great. Uh, and and I think many of us experience what you talk about when you talk about strong, smart women. You know, some of us or many of us are lucky to have mothers that are, you know, really the bedrocks of our lives. I was certainly raised in a family with uh, very strong, smart women on both sides, and um, so I think I think many of us can relate to that concept. Um, Thank you so much for your time. If you, I, I let us go wait past our fifteen minutes because oh, I didn't such, even know. I'm just, such, I'm just enjoying our conversation. It's, a, it's, such a, it's, it's such a great conversation. So I really appreciate your time, Jen. Um, have a great rest of your week and weekend. And for everybody else out there, you are listening to the Kelly Winland podcast. Thanks, Thanks Kelly. Jen. Everyone, yeah. have a great weekend. Thanks. Bye bye.
Yesterday, just give these people say reincarnation.